So, welcome back to the Birdie Bug Pod, episode 10. <coughs> this is episode 10, and we're going to do something funky for episode 10, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, sort of a relevant number. So, episode 10 is going to be, unsurprisingly, all about the number 10. So, we're going to do some 10 facts, 10 quiz questions, 10 things yeah, in this a episode. Mixture of a little mixture of things. Wildlife facts. Things that we would like to see happen yeah. in the next 10 years. A little bit about us, so people can learn a little bit more and, about us 10 episodes in. Yes, and throughout the pod there might be some little random quiz questions. Yeah, we're playing around with a soundboard for a change, so we've got little uh, audio cues for when we have to ask a question. Which we yeah, do detail. you want an example of it? Here we go. So when you hear this noise, then I'm going to be asking Matthew a question. When you hear this noise... He's going to be asking me a question. I mean, how funky is that? And we've, we've got a 10-second timer. We've even got a timer. Listen. It's like countdown, isn't it? Which is 10 seconds. Sadly, there's no countdown teapot to win. Which 10 seconds seems to go on longer than, than I think it should do. So it's going to be quite a relaxed, fun, light-hearted episode with yeah. a few silly games, just to the fact that we've made it to, to 10 episodes. Yeah, so we hope you enjoy it. So, right, so first of all, we'll do our normal thing. Let's do a, a quick catch-up. No will... doubt you have nothing nope. to tell me. Not anything relevant, wildlife or photography related. Still waiting for spring, so I'll let you uh, I'll Well, you I've got, got to be honest, I've only got one little catch-up. Um the weather's been so rubbish we haven't really been out very much um but yesterday glorious frosty clear sunny morning went to rspb pagham harbour which as i told you it was national take a walk outside day yesterday so at least you managed to yes which i was totally unaware of but i'm really anyway. happy i mean i must have done it sort of you know subconsciously must yeah. have known anyway went to pagham harbour and i said to your mum as we were driving there i just want to see a curlew today well, honestly, we were so lucky. I was falling over curlews. We did an episode not so long ago, which you may or may not have listened to, about the plight of the curlew and the fact that it's, uh, it's such endangered bird uh, globally, not just in this country. And, um, you know, so they're, they're not hard to see if you go to the right places, but you don't often see huge amounts of them. Well, yesterday... I was falling over curlews, took some fantastic pictures, could have sat there and watched them and all day long. And then saw, yeah, a whole flock of 40, 40 avocets, which one of the RSPB um, volunteers was there counting them, actually, and told me there were 40. I've taken a picture of them. I've only got 35 in my picture. which Need is a wider point. lens. Um, but that was incredible to see. Saw marsh harriers. Um, oh, I had a fantastic, fantastic three or four hours at seven in the morning. It does sound nice. Oh, I was still stunning. asleep. It was absolutely stunning. So that's really my catch up, and that's quite a nice one because it was uh, it was fantastic to be back out there. So um, so yeah. Well, so in that case, we might as well uh, jump into our episode themed around the number ten. Yeah, and I thought we'd start off with doing um, maybe some facts about ourselves, which maybe people don't know about. Yeah. They know that we're passionate about photography and, and just insects to, and rivers and conservation just and to put people's minds these at are, ease these are, yeah these we are, are um <clears throat> we're doing five questions each we won't subject you to 10 f- facts each about us it's just five quick things and actually they're, they're a bit daft ones really but i'll let you go first though well my 
first one, which is a claim to fame more than anything else, is that I was in the Bourne Ultimatum. Yeah, we spent a lot of time looking for you in it. It was very brief. It was probably only about three seconds. But if. I was on Waterloo <laughs> Station um, going off to a meeting, actually, in London, walking along uh, Waterloo Station as Matt Damon was coming towards me. And I did well, that awful thing as he walked past, pointed at him and went, oh, my God, it's Matt Damon, as he went past and you can just about in the film see me turning your turning head. my head so very briefly. So there's my little claim yeah. to fame. We had I to have been go through it and, and yeah, see that, if I we didn't get paid for it sadly, no. but you know, but it's still quite a cool uh, yeah, claim to fame. It was claim to fame. I don't really have any cool claim to fame. So give me a fact then. Uh, I I've got I've got mine aren't as interesting as yours, but I thought I'd kick off with the fact that I'm ambidextrous just because it's a bit You're bit very odd. Very ambidextrous so actually. Can yeah. use both hands, yeah. which is cool. That's very cool. Um, in fact, when you were little. We weren't quite sure what hand was no, your I had strongest to, hand. I had to flip a coin because they were t- teaching handwriting in class and you angle your hands differently depending on if you're lefty. And I kept swapping, so my handwriting never improved. And it was tails and I'm right-handed. Except you can... I can play tennis left-handed. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I thought that was a random thing. That's a good one. Um, that's two, isn't it? Well, yeah. So my next one is that I've been an old geezer. I'm an old geezer now. I'm now, in fact, I'm 61 in a month's time. Um, I started weight training at the age of 55. Which is pretty cool. But I my youngest brother to thank for that one. Yeah, and as an old geezer, um, I have been known to deadlift 150 kilos from time to time. which That's Pretty impressive. Yeah, which I'm you know, quite proud of, really. So I love weight training and do it on a regular basis. And um, not to get, you know... Get yoked. Get yoked. <laughs> Is a very, is a very uh, young person's expression, <laughs> not to get, get swole, get swole, yeah. um, just because it's uh, really good for an old geezer, and I absolutely love it. So there you go. Uh, I'm going to go for another quick, quick one. Uh, I have a goat tattoo on my arm. This is relatively new, happened last month, and it's a photo that you took, which is which quite I'm cool. Very proud from of. our. So despite the fact that you've got a lovely Instagram account for the f- almost a thousand photos of beautiful birds, I instead got a photo you took of a goat. It was a lovely mountain goat in Mull, up wasn't in Scotland, it? which yeah. was incredible. But he is a cool, he is a cool goat. He's a very cool goat. So me next. Yep. Um, Mine are nice, snappy. This is just one that, again, that I, I quite like is that I share my birthday with Bob Marley. And hmm. um, Bob Marley, I absolutely love Bob Marley, and um, we were both born on sixth of February. So Actually, I'm going to change one of mine then and say that I share my birthday with Eric Clapton. Well, that's not bad 30th either, is of it? March, which is also pretty that cool. Is... So I'm going to swap one out with for that instead. That is pretty good. Um, so back over to you then. Back over to me. Well, this is another one, actually, that I'm particularly proud of, but wished I'd done it earlier because it's something that I was thinking about on and off for some time. Um, but I am, became a vegan at the age of 60. And I'll take I... credit for that one. <laughs> You will take credit for that one. Adam can have the lifting. I'll take yeah. credit for that one. And um, it's something, again, not. I don't. I never wanted to be a sort of preachy, you know, hippie vegan. But it's we not are going to the stereotype of the facts about me telling the world we are. <laughs> but it's more. I've done it purely from an animal welfare point of view. Um, and again, I'm not going to be preachy about it and tell you why. There's enough information out there yeah that's not this podcast is it no that's not this podcast but it's still cool to see that change happen in somebody later on in life because it's not as common to see and of course there was things that i thought that i would (laughs) i would really um miss but 
obviously now, you know, being vegan now against being vegan maybe t- five, ten years ago is a completely different world because it's there is very so easy. easy to be vegan. Pretty much every cafe, restaurant, supermarket that you frequent will have a vegan option for pretty much everything. Yeah, so it's actually really cool. easy. And, and I'm pleased that you've enjoyed it. Or you are I enjoying enjoy, it. I enjoy it. It's not the challenge of it. I enjoy it because... Tasty. And I enjoy it because it's easing my conscience. Yeah. Anyway. So, I'm. yeah, I went vegan at 60. And um, and I'm, I'm very proud vegan. As am I. I will kick off... I've got... No, not kicking off. I'll carry on with another nice snappy one. Is I am a big fan of very cold water. Uh, whether it's a cold shower in the morning, only ending, I'm not a psychopath that gets in when it's cold, or jumping into the cold lake in Mole, it is just one of my favourite things in the whole world, <laughs> is jumping into cold I water. I do remember you jumping into the lock. That was the coldest water I've Mull, ever experienced. And the, the, the look on your face, yeah. and even you were saying, I've been in some cold water before, cold. but wow. And then I saw a jellyfish and probably got out. Um, yeah. And also the photo of me in that lake is probably not the best I've ever <laughs> That's a cracker, mate. It's <laughs> not absolute... for the public eyes. No, it is a cracker. But, I yeah. may put that on my Instagram story, actually. What, for the episode? Yeah. <laughs> but in general, cold water is one of the, my favourite things in the world. Well, I've only got one more left now. Yeah, me too. So and this is a silly one, is that I hate mustard and I believe that mustard is absolutely the food of the devil. No, that is celery or the olives. Both of those things are the devil's food. So, yeah, that, not a particularly exciting one, that one, but just it's one of the, my things that I'm very vehement about is that how can people eat mustard? It's good. Um, and I'll finish off with a very simple one, the fact that I am just just love reading absolute bookworm typically for fantasy and sci-fi books it's just one of, one of my other favorite things in the world it's a good book is that 10 facts yep 10 quick <clears throat> facts about us right. um so people can get perfect well that's good then isn't it oh, i actually can't remember what that noise means ah, now that means this is the start of the quiz and that means i'm going to ask you a little question and do feel free to play along at home oh i'm getting tense right, right. so you're going to have 10 seconds which I have a little timer for, to tell me 10 camera brands. Right, Nikon, Canon, Pentax, Fuji, Leica, Sony. Uh, that's only six. Did I say Panasonic? I can't remember. I can't remember what I said. Panasonic, I'll tell you that's seven. What did I miss? miss you missed out? out on Hasselblad, oh, yeah. uh, Sigma, Fuji. I said Fuji. Did you say Fuji? Yeah. Anyway, I think I got six or seven. Six out of ten. That's the it's the it's the the pressure of the countdown. It, it gets you. I also feel a little bit like I've been hard done by because you've got the button, so I can't randomly give you get to choose when you get your questions. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what. <laughs> okay, well I've got that. Yeah, that right. means you've got to ask me a question now. Right, right. Hang on. Shall I start the timer? Start the timer. Right. I want. What is the estimated value of dung beetles to the UK economy? I've <laughs> I got ten seconds. Yeah. The estimated value of dung beetles, I think, is two million pounds. Uh, it's three hundred and sixty-seven million pounds. <laughs> wow! Apparently, yeah. I've used how I, I don't go that far into the question. I, I've used this as an excuse to come up with some cool facts. And have you got to tell me apparently why that dung beetles such... have about three hundred and sixty-seven million pound estimated value on but, the UK. But economy. I need to know why. Probably because of all the poo they shovel. I don't know. That's incredible. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll, I'll look it up and 
put it in the show. That's notes. incredible. It's cool, though, isn't it? Anyway, now that you've found out the uh, <laughs> the chaos of the, the chaos place, of this episode and how it's going to work. Right, so we are now on to um, we were going to do ten interesting facts. I think yeah, about I think a subject we of and your I think choice. I've sort of taken the the realm of um, insects because it's normally my gear yeah. and I think we're you've got sort of do five each, things. Yeah, I've only got three so you might have to carry that one a bit okay well I'll do um, seven of mine for yeah uh, do you want to kick it off with a nice fact well my ten interesting facts actually although they're only going to be five or seven I wanted to talk about because um, I'm very passionate about conservation of birds and this is about the birds that are on conservation red list. And I think in a previous episode you did mention the book all about the birds the on book, the red list, bought, the BTO one. I thought people are aware that obviously there are birds that are globally threatened with extinction and are in, endangered, are in trouble, but there are some birds which people may find surprising and that was going to be my interesting facts. First of all, I probably ought to tell you what the red list actually means and if a bird is on the red list, it means it's uh, threatened with global extinction, that it has had historic decline since 1800. Uh, the breeding numbers have declined by 50% or more in the last 25 years. And the breeding range has reduced by 50% or more in 25 years. So any other birds that fit that criteria are on the conservation red list. Uh, and uh, there are some on here that surprised me actually when I when I got the book and was reading through the book it it did surprise me and I'm sure there are ones on here that people wouldn't imagine would be herring gull is one you know you see herring gulls everywhere. everywhere and they are on the conservation red list as are house sparrows but this is globally as well isn't it so if, even is, if they're if you see them a lot on the Brighton seafront yeah just across their this entire population uh, as are starlings and you know we I was watching winter watch where people were sending in big incredible pictures of murmurations of starlings so you see them in abundance um, in those situations and you think wow there's a lot of starlings in this world but they are on the red list um, I need to only do seven if you've got three facts, but um, swifts are on the red list. Song thrushes are on the red list. Puffins. Yeah, that one doesn't surprise me quite so much because you tend to see you tend to see them on like there's always wherever whether whether it's Ireland or Wales or Scotland there's always seems to be like a puffin island mm. where there's a nice colony yeah. of them. But as far as like being a common bird spread across that you see. Yes, yeah. except you see them in absolute abundance yeah, on those but, places, don't you? Yeah, but it's a bit like, like you know gannets. You see, yeah, they have their little islands. Yeah. But then, as far as actually being a, a widely spread bird with a big genetic yeah. diversity, it's not too. Yeah, that one doesn't surprise me quite so much. So um, I think that might be it for me. Um, oh, am I then just rattling straight off three facts? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. This one might take more explanation than the others, is the fact that we have 27 species of pseudoscorpion in the UK. And now the reason why I felt like that might be surprising is people might not actually know what a pseudoscorpion well, is. It's not a scorpion. They are an arachnid. They are tiny. They're like, I think it's normally between 2 to 8 mil, so really little. Oh, wow. And they look, they look like a scorpion without a tail. So they've got the body and they've got little pincers. They don't have a, a tail right. at all. Um, and they live in like the leaf litter or uh, decaying wood and they're like little predators and they are awesome looking arachnids tiny so you only really see them if you're literally looking for them 
But yeah, not only do we actually have those in the UK, we've got 27 different species wow. of them. If you don't know what they look like and if the description didn't do it justice, a little Google of pseudoscorpions, they are very cool. Some of them even have venomous claws. Well, there you go. That's all new stuff to me, so that's good. I've got uh, ladybirds. This could have been a quiz question, to be fair. Uh, ladybirds apparently consume around 5,000 aphids in their lifetime. That's a lot of that aphids. That is a lot. It's a lot for, for a, such a tiny considering little they live, thing. I think they only I think they live a couple of years, ladybirds. See, that's why they're good. we did that in our about the garden thing, yeah. didn't we? They're good really, control. really good so for pest control in your garden. They have quite an appetite. And this one, I, I, I can't work out if this is surprising, but I thought it's, it's a fun one to chat about. It's the fact that ants actually belong to the same insect order as um, bees and wasps and sawflies, but everyone forgets about them. And I don't think people would necessarily look at a bee no. and think they belong to the same group no, as ants. No, definitely an. wouldn't. But it's yeah, I like Hymenoptera, that. if you want the scientific name for the group of bees, ants, wasps and sawflies. I like that. That's really cool. So three quick facts about critters. Cool. Okay, well, that's good. I think we're done with our facts. So we are now on to... Can I get another quiz question? Oh, another quiz question. You're going to have 10 seconds to tell me 10 spiders you can find in the UK. Wait, hold on. You want scientific names? Common names? What do you want? Just common names. Uh, No, I can't do that. (laughs) Okay. Should we we do that one again? Because if I say garden spider, that could refer to all sorts of different species. Have I got that all wrong then? No, do it. I'll I'll just. I I, I can do this. I've got it. I just have to deal with the fact that I've got it down as I think just as common names rather than scientific names. All right, fine. Because I think people would identify it with you. You know, your. I could rattle off like ten wolf spiders. Should we start that again? Yeah, start again. Right, ten ten spiders. Ten spiders you can find in the UK. Okay, house spider, garden spider, walnut orb weaver. Wolf spider, purse web spider, tube web spider, false widow, there's three of those. Um, jumping spider, and there's another three of those. Uh, crab got, spider and nurse web yeah, spider. Yeah, crab spider i got down here. And I've got money spider. Yeah, do you know how many money spiders there are? <laughs> is that actually a thing, a money is, spider? They're, they're or is that just our, our a, sort of common name that we call It's a blanket them? term for a whole variety of groups of tiny, tiny, tiny spiders. Right. I actually went on, because I'm really cool... I actually went on a, a course at the Liverpool Museum of Natural History where we learn how to identify like the micro spiders and it is ridiculously difficult. Right. <laughs> they are so small. Okay. Well I had things on there again when you when you're looking up and doing the research, I had things like Daddy Longlegs. Is that not actually spider. a spider? No. Nope. No. And harvest, I think I did and that. harvestman. Yeah, not spider. Yeah. And zebra jumping spider. Yeah, I said jumping spider. We got and a tube few... web spider. I said tube web spider. Oh, this is all good then. It's a gesture did... of Florentina. You did pretty well then. Okay, so <laughs> where are we? <laughs> where are we next? I think we have now. We were going to do ten reasons to get out in nature, weren't we? Yeah, and this is actually quite a good one because January. There's quite a few like I say. There's a national day every single day like, on social media, but January is often a month where you see a lot of mental health and just general well-being things because it's typically a month where people are quite sad you get the january blues i think blue is it called blue monday something like that it's like the third monday of january is supposed to be supposed to be the saddest day of the year and it's because you know people have had the fun festive time of yeah christmas the whole build up to christmas and the, the break is typically quite fun and people see their family and then you're back to work the days are still short yeah the weather's normally not very yeah. good um so typically well-being dips a bit in in january so there's lots of push to try and get people outside like i said national take a walk outdoors day and and things like that so it's quite a nice little reminder of why you should get outside 
Well, there, well, I mean, mostly, to be honest, most of the good reasons to get outside is for your well-being and your yeah. mental health and your physical um, well-being as well. So I've got things down here like relieve stress, great for mental health. Absorbs vitamin D if you Absorbs get out in the sun, D. providing the sun is out. Yeah, exactly. Improves your physical health. Um, That's two. It's a really good break from technology because we are completely consumed by staring at technology. Especially if you work from home and stuff, it's all exactly. Zoom calls and yeah. you don't actually get that break from... And we stare at our phone. You know, sometimes I get an update, you get an update every week on how much time you spend on your phone. Yeah, Dan, I've got TikTok. And and it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, you know, you suddenly realise you spent four hours staring oh, at stupid YouTube numbers. videos. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not too bad. No, you're not too bad. Um, other things are... Um, improves your sleep. Improves your sleep. It's also free. Yeah, and it, it is free just to go for a nice just walk. Just to go outside. for a nice walk outside doesn't cost you anything, does it? To go for a nice walk, go and walk around a nature reserve, and you yeah, know. although those aren't always free. Well, mostly most they of them are. are. Um, um, what else have I got on here? Sharpens your focus. Fresh air is very good for the brain. Apparently. Yeah, I always found, especially if I, when during uni, if I had something to write and I had to think of like yes. actual paragraphs or, or things to like questions to answer or whatever it was whether or not it was coursework or, or exam revision walking always helped you could go over it in your head yeah it was a lot easier than sitting and staring at a book yeah and also i found it personally because now reasons i go out in nature all the time is bird photography and i found that a i've learned so much about birds that i didn't know before since i've started doing that and b it's totally all consuming as far as it it takes all your focus doesn't it yeah it takes all you when in fact if you watch the one of the episodes of the recent winter watch um that they've been showing this week chris packham talked about uh nature for wildlife and nature photography and there was a a guy on there who was an ex-policeman and an ex-soldier and he got he got really really seriously bad uh ptsd is that that is PT? Yeah, post-traumatic um, yes. stress disorder. Yes, and one of the things that stopped him actually taking his own life was he started to get into bird photography. And and they did a fantastic little 10 or 15-minute thing about this guy who ended up, because he got to a point where he didn't even, couldn't even leave his house, and then going from that to going up onto the Cairngorms, taking pictures of wild hare. And then Chris Packham talked about this thing about photography and bird photography or wildlife photography that when you've got that animal that bird that wildlife in the, your camera lens that's all you're thinking yeah, about it gives you real and it's focus. a real focus and a real distraction uh, distraction and a really great way of calming your mind and yeah so you know for me and i've noticed that when you're going out now i'm a bird photographer it's just the only thing you're thinking about is that getting that yeah. shot and it's a fantastic thing for that and it doesn't just have to be about bird photography. It can be learning about flora and fauna and wildlife. Or just seeing and, what you see, just enjoying yeah, it. So it's a fantastic thing for that. So majority of the 10 interesting facts as why it's good to be out in it's the just outdoor good for nature. You. It's Both good mentally for you. and physically. Mentally and physically, it's great. Yeah. So so I think that's a good yeah, 10 good Good 10 things. Thing. I think I want to push a button. Uh Oh, that's me asking. Oh, yeah. no, that's you asking me. I get to ask you a question oh, this time. No. So, right. Did you ask the question before the timer? This is a very professional setup here. Uh, um, I asked the question before the timer. Okay, so uh, Lepidoptera, 
refers to the order of insects that contains butterflies and moths. But what does Lepidoptera actually mean? Oh, you're <laughs> joking. How good's your Latin? Um, Might be absolutely terrible. Le- it's something to do with um, spots. No. <laughs> Leopards and spots. I have no idea. That wasn't a bad guess. No, it? it means scaled wing. They've got scales not on their spotty wings. wings. No, I'm afraid not. <sighs> scaled wing, Lepidoptera. I have got quite difficult questions. Oh, come on, for that's you. not a bad shout, that was it? Leopard, spots, spotty yeah. wings. All right then, I failed miserably. Oh, you need to brush up on your Latin. Sorry about <laughs> that. I'm really, really sorry that I... it is a bit harsh that I brought you insect questions. I thought you wanted. I'm me... giving you really good questions, and you're giving yeah. me. I'm giving you questions that relate to the things that you're interested in. And you're you doing like completely the opposite. Uh, I, I will, love butterflies, I will having say, said that. Uh, that when we did lockdown quizzes, when that was a thing, I did them with my entomology friends, and um, they all said that my quizzes felt like an exam. And <laughs> some of them, well, quite, I'm, some of them questioned why they'd done a master's I'm, when they couldn't answer I'm my quiz questions. I'm feeling a bit inadequate in the Latin <laughs> yeah. at the moment, so thank you for that. Right, what was our next ten categories? Well, I thought the next ten things. Uh, which I would love to talk about are 10 places we'd really like to visit this year for bird photography oh, or macro photography. There's no or way. Just in, in, or in just general. in general. There's yeah. no way I'm doing this. <laughs> well, I'm going to try and do all of these this year. My five. You've got five and I've got five. Yeah. So um, uh, mine tend to be totally related to going to places where I want to see particular birds. Mine to are photograph. definitely more of like a bucket list. Yeah, mine, are, mine relate to birds I really want to photograph. So my first one on the list is the new forest to get a goshawk. Because yeah, I've I actually been, know the hill to take Not you only to have now. I not seen a goshawk, um, I'm desperate to do that, but I'm also desperate to try and get a photograph of a goshawk. Not easy. And they, are, they, do, they do nest. Uh, there are breeding pairs in the new forest um which is probably the nearest place for me to go and see goshawk yeah and obviously i did see one last year through a scope it was a long way away apart from the fact that we had people who could id it it was essentially a dot on the horizon but there is a a hill where when they do their mating display and ritual they come above the trees because you're not going to see them in the trees and so yeah and they're quite hard to differentiate between those particularly distance between those and the sparrowhawks are quite similar although goshawks are bigger and more muscular and um, I reckon we can get you to the get you to see one. Uh, but the spring is a good time to see them because they're they're courting in the spring. Um, there are a couple of places down there that had nesting boxes as well, um, and had cameras in the boxes for the for the goshawks. And I I did go down there a year or two ago and missed it by about a week. Yeah. Um, so I know that I know the spot. So I'll, yeah. So New Forest is top my of one's my... a little bit harder to get to. Go on. The first one on my list is Australia. Okay. Because okay. they have all the best critters. You've got deadly spiders, you've got snakes, lizards, crocodiles. It's just a lot. Right. Uh, I'd love to go and see their big orb weavers and Sydney funnel webs and snakes and stuff. It's just all yeah, big. so your list is very different to mine because mine tends to be all based in the UK places I want yeah. to go to. These are like, are like bucket, yeah, bucket list, list ones. So. Yeah. Um, what have I got next? I've got I really, really want to see and hear bitterns. I think I might have mentioned it even in the last episode that we did. Um, and one of the best places for that is uh, Minsmere in Suffolk. Minsmere, where they're now got planning permission to put this uh, nuclear power station. 
um, next to, which yeah, I'm a bit take a upset very long about. Time. Um, but Minsmere is a place that I'd love to go to because I want to hear the booming bittens and I yeah. want to photograph them. And again, somebody say, had done a little uh, little video clip of uh, a bitten on Winterwatch the other night. Oh, it's such a stunningly beautiful bird. I say, I think I mentioned again in the last podcast that one of my friends went somewhere in Hampshire and did see a bittern, didn't hear it booming, but did see one. So mm. might be able to even not have to go quite so far, mm. which would be cool. Um, now, this one is doable this year, if all plans go well is i'd like to go to croatia i have been to croatia but only to dubrovnik and i haven't didn't really get to do the wildlife side so the national parks and stuff i'd love to go to one of your mates went there didn't he and he's often posting pictures yeah. from croatia is that sean josh oh, it's josh yeah, yeah sorry um, it's josh. he he had a great time in croatia and so just for i mean the bird wildlife is great but insects as well just somewhere i'd like to go and explore and do some photography well, we've possibly got plans about doing that yeah this year, so we? that is the one on my list that hopefully will be ticked off all yours are exotic and all mine are. My next one is um, I really, really want to go anywhere in this country to see an osprey. And the, there are ospreys on the Isle of Man, um, Lake District, Sheffield. Rutland. Yeah, There was be, one that visited Bangor for a while. They this do year, pass year. through um, Pagham Harbour. Which, probably not uh, for very long. Uh, no, they. I think in October time they come in and they can stay there for a few days and they're making their way up into the yeah. Midlands and up north. Um, so anywhere, anywhere where I can see and photograph an osprey. All mine are bird-related. Yeah, uh, when you say exotic, yeah, I've put a rainforest. Um, <laughs> whether it's, you know, Borneo, South yeah. America, yeah. Philippines, I'd, I'd like to go just because, again, the sheer density of wildlife incredible mm. from from all orders of animal but like especially the insects and spiders and creepy crawlies and stuff just the there's just so much there so have to make sure you take some good insect spray with yeah because you, you get eaten alive wherever it is whether it's say asia or or south america or, or wherever i would just like to experience and do the photography in a rainforest somewhere it's just I always remember, been a dream remember watching that um Borneo Lost program. Land of Borneo, yeah. And they went out on a scientific expedition. Yeah, with um, George McGavin yeah. and Steve Batchel. And they were showing their arms and legs after a couple eaten of days alive. of being there, absolutely eaten yeah. alive. Even with um, mosquito nets at night and everything, they were just eaten yeah. alive. I would still like to go and experience yeah. it, though. Okay. Um, my next one is... It's just re- ex- exotic as Minsmere, I think. I really want to go to Bempton Cliffs to see the Gannets. Yeah. That's up in Yorkshire. Um, it's an incredible spectacle. They've also had sightings of albatross and what have you there, but the spectacle, spectacle of Gannets on Bempton Cliffs is a sight to behold, so I want to go there. That's my number four. Um, this one is not very specific, given the size of the continent. But I've never been to Africa. And again, the wildlife Amazing from from place. all types of animals, mm. just anywhere in Africa. And I know it varies massively whether you go to the south, north, wherever. I'm not sure where which part of Africa is highest on my list. But I, it's just somewhere, again, I've never been. The photographic opportunities must be insane. It, just, it must be. I mean, I've never done it either, and it must be incredible to just stand there and look across an African plain yeah. and look at the wildlife. It must. I say, be. I know the the habitats and stuff vary massively across the continent, but it's just not somewhere I've been, and a whole group of animals I've never photographed. So, 
it's yeah. one of the it's one of the regrets I have in my life actually because I had opportunity to do that um I used to do uh quite a lot of work printing work because I was in the printing industry for a charitable organization called the David Shepherd yeah uh, and a lot of the artwork and he was a, an amazing man painted elephants you may or may not have heard of him but he painted elephants and was massive and other wildlife as well. and other wildlife and, and massive into wildlife conservation and his um, daughter ran the foundation and they on a regular basis went out to Africa on safaris that were very much not the touristy routes and took the, went to places where the tourists didn't go purely for conservation purposes and I had the opportunity to go with them she yeah, invited me to go me. I had to pay and it was a lot of money and at the time I couldn't afford the money and I also had a young family and I declined the offer and actually should have gone. it was three weeks and I wished I'd gone because I also would love to do that the, the wildlife yeah. to, so some, somewhere in Africa yeah. right last, well, last mine's one for you very, very uh, opposite of exotic to that um and is on a local basis there is a an estate very local to me i've talked about it a few times in the episodes that we've done i want to go to the nep estate and the nep estate which is a well they they call it one of the most exciting rewilding and conservation projects in the whole of the country yeah i think we have spoken about it a few times it's an incredible we? place that and it used to be a, a working dairy farm that uh, was not making any money and and got into trouble and actually they the the owner had this this uh dream of turning it into this completely different um use of the land got funding for it and turned it into this incredible conservation project which is now thriving um and it's 20 minutes up the road from me they've got yeah, we every, really should go every we? species of owl in the country are on the nep estate they've got the wildlife is incredible um that has come into the the area since they've done this rewilding project and i, I it's a local it's local to me so that's that one and that's a easy. place that i can do next week so yeah. that's that's going to be the first one ticked off my list definitely so um again not exotic but i will absolutely love going up there to have a walk around there's a there's a 10 or 12 mile walk you can walk around the whole of the estate and I've been reading some amazing stories that people, the wildlife that are in there, from raptors to, like I say, to owls, and I'm desperate to photograph owls. Um, so, yeah, so that's my my uh, um, uh, the last quite one, simple list, really, for me. Yeah, I've got to go all over the place. The, the last one I actually dial back, actually, the one which isn't necessarily the best for insects always, but just for being outside the cold water and all the other photographic stuff that isn't insects is I would just like to see more of Scotland and especially the islands yeah. like the Shetland Islands yeah. and I wish I'd put that on my list actually uh, yeah I'd, I'd like to go and since we've been to Mull Mull was just absolutely yeah. stunning so and, um, I would like that is definitely on my list of places nice. I'd like to go like that oh there we go Oh, you know what that means that means that you've got right, 10 got seconds this. 10 seconds is not very to long to tell me 10 invertebrates you find in a UK river. Uh, dragonfly larvae, damselfly larvae, water boatman, uh, water skater. You've got raft spiders, diving spiders, uh, water scorpion. I have seven. I get to seven and I run out of time. <laughs> 10 seconds isn't very no, long to right, think seven about. Is, it. It's pretty uh, good. Yeah, Seven's pretty good. See, I've, I've been really nice to you, haven't mm. I? Yeah. Do you want another one of my lovely well, questions? Well, another Latin question. Yeah, no, I haven't one. got another Latin question. <laughs> 
So hang on, are you going to do that? You're going to press the buzzer? Yeah, yeah. Let's Damn give, you. Let's give you another one. <laughs> Good one then. Um Alright, this is more friendly. So spiders are able to colonise remote islands, but how do they get there? I would think they get there on the wind. In the air. Any more details? Airborne. Yeah. But airborne. I'll give you that, it is airborne. They do catch on the wind. They do something called ballooning. Ah, okay. The little spiders sit on a leaf and just let silk go, and then the wind catches it and off they go. But it's a really weird fact, the fact that sometimes a remote island first colonisers might be spiders, because it's like, they can't fly. How they? Yeah, so yeah. how do they get that far on the wind? You can actually, there are times of the year where if you're crossing the channel on a ferry, you'll find spiders like landing on, on the ferries and they're drifting across the English Channel. But what happens wind. if they drop into the sea? Well, those ones, their genetic line ends there, doesn't it? Oh, I guess, yeah. I guess nature has a way, doesn't but I, it? I, see, that, that was alright. You got that on the wind. Well, at least you didn't ask me the Latin name of a of a false widow, which actually I probably Steatoda. wouldn't know. Steatoda. Steatoda. Nobilis. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're 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 getting there with our tens, aren't we? Our many so, tens. I actually really like this. is my favourite part, I think. Uh, so I think this might be the last one, it won't is, it? Yeah. So we were going to then do uh, things that we would love to see happen in the next 10 years. Yeah, sort of relating to conservation, environment, yeah. obviously sort of within that theme. Not yeah. things like Chelsea winning the, winning the Champions League or something. No, like. we've already done that, so yeah. But yeah. Do you want to kick off? Yeah, I'll kick off because, again, this was something we touched on in our previous episode is um, uh, my top one, actually, and I'm not sure that it should be my top one because it's such a hard one to quantify and and calculate, I guess, but all of those targets at COP15, we've talked about at COP15, I would love to see that actually happen. Yeah, because I mean, even if poli- they... Politicians just talk a good thing, don't they? And Make a and lot of promises. Promise the earth and deliver absolutely nothing most of the time. And I think it was such a positive thing about protecting biodiversity. Yeah, so it made it to our positive podcast. Yeah, episode, exactly. So I would love to b- see... It actually hit I mean, the even targets. If they and hit that, half of them, yes. it an achievement. And actually, for them, you know, because ten years is a relatively long time. Uh, now they were talking by twenty thirty, weren't they? But yeah, so that's only seven. These, these them an extra conferences three. happen, these decisions are made, and then that's often the last we ever hear about them. And I'd love that, an update every, yeah. you know, two or three years to say, do you know, what, we're Making so progress. far down the road on hitting these targets, and so COP fifteen targets to be hit is something i'd love to yeah, see happen. that is a good one uh, my first one is one that we have banged on about in at least two episodes is that i would like to see beavers more thoroughly introduced into the uk not obviously a lot of the projects at the moment are almost like pilot studies and they're within a sort of enclosure and i would love to see more areas get beavers less enclosures and then to sort of become like a more stable feature of our ecosystem obviously a few days ago, the Beavers Trust released two into Hampshire, again, within a sort of enclosure, but that was a cool thing. So I'd just like to see Beavers yeah, that's more a good shout. thoroughly introduced. Well, you know how much we love Beavers, yeah. so I think that's a really good shout because they are so beneficial. We talked about that in yeah. the last And it's one. just it's, a, it's something that is underway. I just want to see yeah. it keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, kind of related to that, I would love to see some really, really firm, positive action taken about cleaning our rivers and our coastline up because... You know, you work for the Rivers Trust and you told me this fact about the fact that 95% of our rivers in this country are 
dirty. No, yeah, but there's n- um, no river in, I believe, we don't have any rivers that are of good chemical health, and I think 95% are in poor ecological health. And then you told me in the last episode that brown trout were seen for the first time in a river up in Manchester, yeah, which the means there's been some work done on cleaning the rivers and what that positive effect Yeah, no, has, I mean, I also, know. yeah, same with the Bristol ways we're seeing more wildlife pop up and, and things like that so and what i don't changing, want to see but... is news bulletins where water boards are dumping sewage into no, our sea and our our beaches and, and our, our rivers. rivers yeah um so that's so, the that thing that one. i'd like to see happen uh, this... and not just again not just being talked about but actually happen yeah uh, this one is probably going to be an episode at some point, but I would like to see artificial plastic gla- uh, grass banned. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a terrible thing. Which I think is unlikely, but so I've, I've then put at the very least, I would like to see it illegal to market it as eco-friendly because some of them do try to market it as eco-friendly and somehow tearing a plant up and putting plastic down yeah, it just shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed. So I, I would like to see that stop. Please. I think that's a great one. I like that yeah. one a lot. Um, what have I got on here? I would. I was reading the other day about uh, a project called Somerset Wildlands, and it's a, a conservation project that are fundraising. And what they are doing is every time parcels of land come up for sale, farmland, whatever it may be, uh, they're fundraising to be able to buy those parcels of land so they can rewild them. And they've done that quite a lot already. And again, the benefits has been extraordinary. Actually, I, ha- I have a feeling, last episode when I mentioned a large blue butterfly and the, and the meadows that they've made, but I think that might be in Somerset. Ah, uh, is it? Well, that might be part of that yeah. project. And I'd love to see more projects like that around the country. We've talked about places like Wild Ken Hill, where that's been a huge rewilding project. I've just mentioned the Nep Estate. And, and honestly, it's so incredible the way nature restores an area if you allow it to and, awesome and all to the see. benefits for that and we've got enough green space in this country to be able to do that also ties into giving people more um access to get outside which definitely. ties into what we were saying earlier it's good yeah. for us as well as the wildlife yeah definitely so that's something i'd like to see happen more uh, i've got my third one that i would like to see the badger coal properly done with again we mentioned in i think the wildlife myths one that it's not uh, an effective means yeah. of stopping like the TB problems and stuff like that. So I'd just like to see that no longer be a controversial, sometimes it happens, are we going to dial it? I just want that to be banned as well, would be fantastic. Yeah. And no more badger coal. No more badger coal. We could talk about that with fox hunting as well, yeah. but we might get... Oh, I've got something similar to that coming up. Yeah. Um, I would like to see, and I think something that... Um, something... Again, I keep talking about winter watch because... <laughs> It always sort of um, piques my interest on various things. And we did the same for Autumn Watch as well. Yes, and YOLO at the moment is in... He's doing his reports from the middle of the city of Edinburgh, um, but he's talking about the, the, the green spaces within a big city and how actually how incredibly biodiverse they can be if you allow them to be, and then you create those urban green spaces, and I thought that was a fantastic thing. He's, he's reporting on wildlife in the middle of a huge city and uh, it's incredible to see that the two can uh, live side by side and we should be creating more urban green yeah, space we should. not just for the wildlife but again for the for the people living there as well because of all the benefits we talked about earlier on so i'd like to see more creation of more urban green spaces yeah. 
said you can influence positive things and I've gone for a few more negative things because the fourth one for me is I would like stronger uh, prosecution for people who kill wildlife well raptors for me yeah so obviously there's been a few things in the news with goshawks being shot and, and a variety of other incidences and the fact that it's it's always done very blatantly which I think just provides proof that the repercussions are not strong enough to stop people from doing that so I think there needs to be uh, it's difficult sometimes I guess to track who's doing what but I think there needs to be a bigger incentive or punishment that that incentivizes people to stop killing wildlife um and if they do get caught it it needs to be a firm enough penalty that it stops them from doing it again because at the moment somehow we still have raptors being shot and well, your story you told me today five goshawks, five goshawks being shot is and then just left sickening. in a field. So yeah. I would there needs to be something done, and obviously Chris Packham is one of the biggest advocates yeah. for this. There needs to be something that really we need. I just would I'd like to see us clamp down on that more. It needs yeah. to be more of a crime. Yeah, well, I've read. I mean, I I'm uh, a member of the RSPB, and we get uh, a quarterly magazine that comes through, and there was an article in there about um, about buzzards being caught and yeah, raptors are often the ones. And and the they did catch the perpetrators of that, but they got such a ridiculously you know like a slap on the wrist and yeah, don't do it again, and that um, really is so not enough. I mean, it's twenty twenty three. I'd love to think that by twenty thirty three, like that, into those instances have reduced, and the people who are caught doing it are sufficiently punished. Yeah, say mine a little bit more firm. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, okay, that, that's what the platform is yeah. for. Um, my next one really is in line with. Uh, a little bit in line with my fourth one. Um, I was reading about Nottingham uh, and the amazing changes they've made to that city, which was quite a dirty industrial city for some time. And the changes they've made there have been incredible. They've reduced their carbon emissions by 41% in the last 10 years. Uh, they've used a whole host of technology to and data science, actually. So it is can, actually a big science hub. Yeah, data well. science to look at all of the projects that uh, uh, were being proposed and whether they would work. And um, and they've created some fantastic ecosystems, not just a, a, a park in the city, but actual full ecosystems for biodiversity within the city. And so they've got this really forward-thinking um, uh, sort of, directive that is really working yeah, it's, it's like a little case study for what it could be absolutely fantastic and i'd love to see other cities use that as a huge example yeah. um and they should really look at what's and hopefully happening with there. with all the like like you said the cop 15 where there's a real push for biodiversity yeah. related targets there hopefully will be more money available yeah. for people to put those actions uh, yeah so if you don't know anything about that and i must admit i didn't until i started doing some research for this podcast is that go and read about what nottingham are doing because it's it make, almost makes you want to move there. Seriously, it's uh, such a positive thing. and But it's not just a positive thing. It shows you what can actually be done if everyone gets together and actually does it, yeah. you know? Rather it's all well and good talking it. about all of these Sometimes things. Sometimes you just need to have a crack at it. Sometimes you need to be forward and thinking enough and brave enough to go, right, this is what yeah. we're doing. And then gradually... It's easier as people, when you've got an example to follow as yes, well. Yes, and, so. and as people start to see the benefits of it and, and that those actions actually working... Um, it gets everybody really positive about it. So I know that now the people that are living in Nottingham are really, really proud of what's happening yeah. there. And it's a fantastic example as to how we can 
clean up our cities and and create these fantastic like I say, it does end up benefiting people as well it's not like we sacrifice Definitely. stuff for us for wildlife the it's being proven over and over again that access to green and blue spaces and being outside and cleaner air which yeah. happens when you've got more green space stuff is so beneficial to the health yeah, physical it's not and just mental about the humans. wildlife it's about the benefits it's to just us. trying to merge it yeah. so we're doing it sort of uh, symbiotically so, yeah so so that's my kind of fifth one that i would like to see i'd like to see i'd like to see more cities using examples like that and and um, working to be a bit more green yeah uh, my last one is actually a positive one. Um, I'm not coming for anybody with this one. Is I'd like to see our seagrass meadows continue to be restored. It's an actual. It's an episode I would like to do in this podcast, and, and I read about it in Sophie Pavel's book. Uh, but it's such a re- like incredible habitat, both for animals and it's also amazing for like its carbon storage and all sorts of stuff. And we've wiped out pretty much all of our seagrass meadows in the UK. And as a, I think it's actually just called the Seagrass Restoration Project, and they go out and plant them. Yeah, and they're doing quite a lot of it in wales i'd love to see that happen way more across the coast of the uk and to see that habitat come back and so in 10 years if if we were sitting here 10 years later i'd love to be able to say yeah we've actually got whatever percentage of seagrass meadow coverage on our coast rather than pretty much none i I like that that's a good one it will be an episode i think we should do an episode talking about seagrass yeah i like that one that's a good one now that we've sort of come to the end i feel like what we should do is go through our last quiz questions just to well i think i've only got one more for you um I've got oh, two. I know I have got two more for you. One of them I think might embarrass you. Oh, that's that's harsh. So, is it my turn? Yeah, I don't, we, we probably don't need to hit the button for every one of these questions, but I think it would be cool to I just finish off the questions. Qu- I am going to hit the button for okay, this Okay, fine, hit it. Is this the embarrassing I... one? Yeah. Okay, you've got a, ten seconds to give me ten UK rivers. Uh, Itchen, Hamble, uh, Thames, Mersey, Urk, uh, Avon, Wire. Again, I got seven. <laughs> Maybe that's just about a, as much as you can say in ten seconds. Yeah, I got seven. That's pretty got good. Stuck. Yeah, that's pretty good. Not too bad. Okay. Um, what else could I have had? Um, oh, there is lots. I mean, yeah, you could have loads. done the River Arran for one. Yeah, Arran. River Way. I said, um, oh, I said the wire. D, the D. Y. I mean, there's there's yeah. hundreds. I'll take seven and ten. Seven? The no, fact that I equaled it with my other ones, I think I can keep no, my job good. at the Rivers Trust. Yeah, I think I think they'll I think they'll be all right yeah. with you. Okay. Okay. Right. What else did you have for me then? Do you want me to hit the button? Oh, go on. People can last one. Last time we'll hit the button. Right. I've got how many species of bee do you think we have in the UK? <laughs> I think we have two and a half thousand. That's quite a lot. No, we have 270. Oh, I mean, I would, damn. See, these are mean, but I could have said name 10 species of bee. You could have said that. So, I thought there were, yeah, two and a half thousand is quite a lot, a lot of bees. Um, How many did we have? 270 species of bee. It's not two and a half thousand, is it? No, not two. We got the two. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what the last one I had for you, which I won't push the button for? Five benefits of wild swimming. Uh, reduces your resting heart rate, uh, reduces stress and anxiety, um, improves immune system, better sleep, better mental focus. There you go. You'd also, just makes that. you feel like an absolute boss. You'd have done that one because I only asked for five. Yeah. So, you know. My last one for you was uh, another really friendly one. Was how far is the round trip of the painted lady butterfly migration <laughs> in miles, please? Um, oh, I think this one goes right out. I think this one goes out to North America. So I think. 
Does it go out? I can't see There that. is one butterfly that I was reading I think that's about. The, no, that's the Africa. Africa that goes Monica. across to America. So you're looking at me as if to say, I actually no, can't remember where, where, where they travel to. And I from. think it's 1,400 miles. 9,000. That's not too far off. It's not a bad guess considering you've got to 9, pluck that thousands. out of nowhere. Wow. 9,000 9, round trip there and back. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Which is incredible. That right? is incredible. I thought, they so, only, I, I thought they only lived for three days. So I brought you really... Um, <laughs> Really friendly insect questions. Thanks very much. You're, you're welcome. I I aimed all of yours. Yours at your were far interest. more stressful because I had to try and rattle out ten things. Yeah, and I guess if I got mine wildly wrong, I'm not expected to get them right anyway. Yeah. Apart from two and a half thousand bees. Well, is there that, you go. Is that in the league of a six kilo um, curly? It's probably not, is it? No. Well, I mean, to be fair, this has been an interesting episode. It's been a. All sorts. All sorts has happened, from quizzes to yeah. us, to conservation, to mental health. Yeah. It's been all over the place to celebrate our 10th episode. Yeah, I think it was an all right one. What's going to be probably the most difficult thing of all is we've got to wrap up in 10 seconds, and we are notoriously bad at wrapping yeah. up one our One thing episodes. I will say, if people have made it this far and have listened, I, I would love to know whether mine or, or Dad's questions, like what either what was your, like... Which ones did you get right and which ones were you way off? So yes, did you get any more than 7 out of 10 in the 10 seconds? Yeah, it's not possible, I think. So either <laughs> you can either, I don't know, comment on, send it on Instagram or, or something, but it'd be funny to know, like, were any of you way off? Were the things that you knew? Did yeah. I get any of them wrong? Yeah, that'd be a good thing, wouldn't yeah. it? Just post a comment on the on the blog. Yeah. On the blog? On the on, on Just Instagram post a comment, yeah. yeah. Or on Spotify. On Spotify. Right, wrap up in 10 seconds. Right, I'm going to put the timer oh, on for this. The timer increases my stress. How are we going to wrap up in 10 seconds? We normally take 10 minutes. That's fine, I've got it. We could have done 10 minutes, couldn't we? Yeah. 10, sec- 10 seconds. Shall I just let you do the wrap up? 10 yeah, seconds. Fine. Right, so you've got... 10 seconds starting. Right, so this has been our 10th episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. We've spoken about the fact it's really good to get outside. It's good for your mental health. There's lots of good things happening in the conservation sphere that we'd like to see happen in 10 years, and there aren't 2,000 bees in the UK. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. I like that. That was okay. really stressful. No, that was very good. So we've got to say bye-bye. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Hit, follow, give us a review, and we'll catch you next time for a more serious episode. Bye-bye. Bye.